Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Just like that. Final hours here, Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Ed and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Fast-paced show today. Our thanks to Trey Wallace for joining us. Armando Salguero and Jim Nagy. If you missed those, you can find them on demand. Head over to the Outkick channel at YouTube. Search it out. Subscribe while you're there. Jed, uh, based on the timetable of when news could come out on a potential suspension for Jim Harbaugh, discipline handed down to Michigan from the Big Ten and, and Tony Petiti, and the commissioner, it could be just this hour, honestly, 5 o'clock East Coast. And with all the news that's been dropped with Michigan's response yesterday, if it's going to be something that affects Saturday's game against Penn State, yeah, need to let everyone know today. Well, the longer it goes on that we don't have news today, as the afternoon gets later, I suspect we're not going to have anything suspension-wise yeah. this weekend. We'll keep so tabs on that. That's good the news hour. for Michigan fans. That I don't think if there's not something said and reported by early evening at the latest, I just think that they're not ready to suspend Harbaugh or anyone else. Yep. Uh, we'll keep tabs there, and we'll jump back into the headlines uh, coming up, including uh, the response from Michigan to the Big Ten and the compared to what we've heard from Rutgers and Ohio State. That's coming up in about 20 minutes. But speaking of college football, week 11. You ready? Week 11. It is time for Chad Withrow's top 10 games of the college football weekend. Need more reasons to watch college football? It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. Very feisty weekend of college football, huh? and I'm excited to unveil this top 10 this week. It's got a little bit of something for everyone, starting with game number 10. We talked about Coach Prime earlier and the Colorado Buffaloes. How about Arizona at Colorado? This game, a very rare 1 p.m. Central time start for this one on Pac-12 Network. The Wildcats of Arizona, 10.5-point favorite in this one. Shador Sanders is second nationally in passing yards, second only to Michael Penix Jr., obviously having a terrific season. Noah Fafita, the redshirt freshman, he's 5'11", but he plays like he's 6'5". Terrific young player for the Arizona Wildcats. Hutton, Arizona under Jed Fish, one of the bigger surprises in college yes. football this year. Currently uh, a 10.5-point favorite on the road at Colorado. They've been terrific. And uh, this is a week after Dion has said, hey, uh, I love the fact that my team didn't quit. I'm still questioning their passion going into the game. Can he get a grip on that? And if so, what does that mean for a potential upset for Colorado at home? Yeah, it's... Uh, Can they play four quarters? Stay tuned. And wrong team favored. Okay, okay. Not that anyone cares, I, considering no, I, I scored zero points and wrong team favored, but... Uh, I may I may revisit this game at some point on wrong team. If you don't select it, it will be under consideration. 
for Game me. number nine, Hutton. This is one that's not under consideration for me, but maybe, just maybe, because it is on the road, maybe the Kentucky Wildcats can give Alabama a scare. The eighth-ranked Crimson Tide on the road in Lexington to take on Kentucky. This is a noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central kick on ESPN. Big question mark in this game. Can Kentucky limit explosives and make Alabama drive the football? Jalen Milrow has been terrific on the deep ball this year. Can they limit that, make Alabama drive? Maybe they make a mistake at that point. Devin Leary in the Kentucky offense got it going a little bit the last couple weeks. He was really good against Tennessee in a loss, carried that over. The offense looked better in an easy 24-3 win over uh, Mississippi State this past weekend. Kentucky on the season with Ray Davis as their star running back, they are 6-1 and one when they just get to 75 yards rushing. 75 yards rushing. That is the marker. Interesting. The two games, other two games they've lost, they've gone below that number. Um, I think Alabama takes care of business, but it's always tricky Chad, when you go on the road in the SEC. So you mentioned Devin Leary's been playing well recently. You know what? who else has uh, turned things around? Alabama. Go ahead. Who's officiating this game? That's all I need to know. Who's officiating this game? Which crew will be in Lexington as Bama visits? Because all of a sudden, the Crimson Tide aren't having 15 penalties a game. It's That's true. a big flip from where we were the first two months of the season. No holding penalties? Alabama doesn't hold anymore? No no big issues in that regard? That's the only uh, way that Kentucky is stays to watch. in it if, if, if Bama allows them to, based on the trends that have been there now for two years, where they have just dumb issues that are self-inflicted. Feels like Alabama wins this one relatively easy I unless so. it's a turnover fest uh, for the Crimson Tide, which they're not prone to do. Game number eight, uh, West Virginia at Oklahoma. Suddenly a big game in the Big 12. West Virginia, another one of those pleasant surprises this year. Neil Brown came into the season on the hot seat, done a good job with that Mountaineers program. Oklahoma, 12.5-point favorite, a Fox game, 6 p.m. Central time. Garrett Green of West Virginia, their quarterback, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, eight rushing touchdowns on the year. Dylan Gabriel matches that with rushing touchdowns, eight on the year. Difference, 2,646 passing yards already, 20 touchdowns to five interceptions. Oklahoma better than West Virginia in every category. West Virginia won 37-7 last week against BYU. You look at where they are statistically, nothing overwhelms you about West Virginia, but they've got a good record. They've won games this year. Can they go on the road and scare Oklahoma in this game? Because I think statistically you look at it, and even with the two straight losses, the Sooners are superior. Close for a half, you know, is what the expectation. I'll also say, this will show a lot about Brent Venables and the the grip he has on the locker room after the loss uh, this past weekend, but also just uh, seeing Oklahoma fall down to 17 after being in the college football playoff uh, reach. It's how does the locker room respond after last weekend in Bedlam? Great question. We'll find out the, soon enough. And they're back at home now. Yeah. But coming into the year, we wouldn't think this would be a big game no, you're in, right. in the Big 12. But uh, Neil Brown and West Virginia done a, done a nice job yes. with him on the hot seat coming into the season. Game number seven. USC, you got Caleb Williams in his mother's arms crying at the end of the last week's game. Season seems to be over for USC, or at least all hopes of a championship. He's despondent. How does he come back? How does this USC come, team come back? Because here's the deal, everyone. You get 12 of them. They all count. They all matter. You can't give up on a season because you've lost three games. you got to keep playing. 
Does USC show up and play? Because offensively, they're right there with Oregon. This is great offense versus great offense. 47.4 points per game versus 45.5 points per game. The difference, Hutton, is Oregon also has a defense, whereas USC absolutely does not. Oregon allowing teams only 16 points per game. On the flip side, USC, 35 points per game is what they are giving up. Um, How about this for Oregon, too? Talk about mistakes being key in, in football games. Only four turnovers they've committed all year. The Oregon Ducks. I think Oregon rolls in this one, Hutton. I think we start to see a little bit of laydown from USC. This is the late kickoff on Saturday night. It's a Hutton special. 9.30 Central Time on Fox. Oh, perfect. Uh, Also, uh, just from this perspective, and I buy into, the Pac-12 is going to beat up on each other. If you buy that, USC wins this game. If they're just going to eat their own. But USC hasn't been winning these you know, sprints and marathons on the scoreboard. Oregon has been clutch. I think this game will tell a lot about Lincoln Riley. That's a good point, too. In this in this program, how they bounce back after some disappointment. Um, you know do they show up? Do they make this a game? They've got the offense to do it. We're going to tell a lot about the character of this USC team and program. You right know now. who else is thrilled as they watch? Uh, Phil Knight, because both schools are Nike programs. Caleb Williams and Bo Nix in his gear. Bronny James of USC basketball also there part go. of Nike. Game number six. Let's go back to the Big 12. Number seven, Texas, a 10-point road favorite at TCU. 6.30 Central Time kickoff on ABC. Texas averaging 34 points per game. TCU almost 30 points per game. Jonathan Brooks, terrific running back for the Longhorns. Already over 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns on the season. Defensively is where there's a difference in this one. Texas allowing more than a touchdown less per game than TCU. TCU got off to that rough start, that home loss to Colorado to start the year. Big opportunity, though, Hutton. If you can beat the big, bad Texas Longhorns in that state, that is a triumphant achievement that Sonny Dykes is trying to accomplish on Saturday night. Up 27-7, and they end up going to overtime against Kansas State a week ago. And... Malik Murphy didn't play all that well. Two interceptions. Uh, normally very optimistic and, and upbeat. He wasn't that post-game. This needs to be a, a statement game for Murphy as he leads things for the uh, Longhorns offense, potentially the Big 12 championship game, and to a college football playoff appearance without Quinn Ewers available. Almost day to day. Almost texted Kelly in Vegas, who was a big K-State fan and grad at that game last week when they were down big and then decided to hold off, and rightfully well so, done. in case they Thankfully came back and made a game out of it. Yep. <laughs> the last thing she needs is more ammo. <laughs> yeah, how about those Wildcats, I was going to say. And then I, I decided smartly to back off until well the game was, was played out. Game number five, Hutton. Honestly, this game's fifth on the list by name only. Miami at Florida State. It shouldn't be. That elicits a response. Number four, Florida State, a two-touchdown favor, 230 on ABC. Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson have been terrific for Jordan Travis this year as receivers for Florida State. Miami leads the all-time series 35-32. Florida State won this game last year 45-3. Can Miami make this a game? That is the question. On the road, this is a rivalry game. Can the Hurricanes show something that, hey, they've won a couple games in overtime. Granted, Virginia... Then they beat Clemson in overtime. Lost last week to NC State. 
What is the bounce back like for Mario Cristobal of Miami? And Cristobal was was mum this week when he was asked about Tyler Van Dyke and whether or not he'd be available and and if he would start. Uh, that goes to their their freshman uh, Emory Williams. You know, so again, uh, it shouldn't be by name only. This team should at at worst be seven and two. Yeah, at worst, and instead they're six and three against unbeaten FSU. Game number four. Back to the Pac-12. Utah, 18th in the country. Here we go. At number five, Washington. This is another Jonathan Hutton special. Great offense versus great defense. Who's going to win in this one? 2.30 Central Time on Fox. Washington, fourth-ranked passing attack nationally. Michael Penix Jr., my favorite to win the Heisman. Probably the favorite to win the Heisman right now. Going up against the eighth-ranked defense nationally with the Utes of Utah. Who wins out in this one, Hutton? Offense versus defense. Offense. Offense in Washington. Uh, Utah, good, not great. Washington, I still believe, can beat anyone in the country. And because of that, I'm taking the Huskies here. Despite the fact that, I mean, Utah's going into a must-win situation. And yeah. they, they're not afraid to play in a really tough environment. No. Defense normally helps you in that. So I think this is a great game. I just think Washington pulls it out like they have throughout the year. I love Washington and still thought long and hard about wrong team favored on this one with Utah, but uh, I'm going to abstain from that. I think Washington finds a way to get it done. Game number three, 13th ranked in the latest college football playoff rankings, Tennessee Vols on the road, a one-point favorite at number 14, Missouri, right next to each other. In those college football ratings, 2.30 CBS kickoff. We're undervaluing Missouri's performance last weekend in this, aren't oh, we? Oh, yeah. They were down two in the fourth quarter. Ended up losing by nine. But what does Vegas know? What does Vegas Tennessee know? Tennessee on the road favored. Let me tell you a little bit about what Vegas may know. Okay. Tennessee is the best rushing offense in the SEC, and they pair that with the best rushing defense in the SEC. That's the old adage in this conference. If you run the football and you stop the run, you're going to win a lot of games. And Tennessee is 7-2 and two right now by running the ball and being really stout against the run. They just racked up 650 yards, albeit against UConn, but that's still an impressive performance offensively. Joe Milton getting it going. Here's what you need to know about Missouri. They got lit up by LSU, a really good offense they faced. Memphis passed all over them. They won that game, but they could not stop the Memphis pass. Kentucky moved the ball tons of yards. Kentucky turned the ball over. That was their issue in that game. Brady Cook, when he throws two interceptions, they're 0-2 on the season. Every other game he's thrown one interception, they've won so far. So that's also a key marker in this one. Brady Cook was very good against Tennessee a year ago. What's Luther Burden's health going into this game? This is a really good matchup, and I think one of those classic kind of toss-up games. We'll get to your top two in a moment. I'm going to ask this, though. In terms of... We know Heifel wanted to beat Shane Beamer's Gamecocks. Yep. Where does Drinkwitz put Tennessee on the list of, I want this one? Well, I mean, he should want it bad because the, I think they Tennessee put up 63 points at Mizzou in year one for Heifel and yep. an absolute embarrassing blowout. And yep. then last year, Missouri was right there at halftime playing really well, and Tennessee sprinted ahead of them and scored late. Uh, against Missouri when they had the chance to impress some college football playoff voters. If you ask Josh Heupel preseason, which game are you circling? It was South Carolina. This is one for Missouri. I think Eli Drinkwitz would circle Tennessee. Totally agree. He's got a great chance in this game, and Vegas tells us that as well. Yes. Game number two, number nine Ole Miss at number two, Georgia. Ten and a half point favorite, the Bulldogs. 6 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Can Ole Miss get to Carson Beck? 
Mizzou mm. had three sacks a week ago. Ole Miss's front seven better at getting to the quarterback. I think that's a key in this one. Affecting I Carson ju- Beck. Yes, but I, uh, he's been affected in the first half of games. And, and I keep doubting him, and I don't want to anymore because they come out of the second half and they pick up the pace. They can be down 11 against South Carolina. No big deal. They just execute. Yeah. They come out and just go and score. They drive and score. And I just don't think Ole Miss can keep up with that. You have to match them and then get something in return with Georgia messing things up in the final two quarters. I haven't seen them do that. I I think this is a typical Ole Miss on the road performance where for a half it could be close. Yeah. But Georgia's going to Georgia in the second half. They're going to win. Ole Miss has the offense to pull it off. They can do. they get to Carson back is my big question. And, and Game Dar- number one, Hutton, we're going to get to it when we come yes. back. It's Michigan at Penn State. I want to dive into this. Let's break down this game because this is the opportunity for James Franklin and Penn State to do what all the Big Ten wants done, which as the clock ticks, yep, tick, 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 tick. As we get later in the day, I don't think the Big Ten's doing anything to Michigan. It's in the hands of Penn State now to get it done. We preview Michigan, Penn State next on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Six the Peabody, our location. Yeehaw beer and old smoky moonshine. Hot Mike with Hunter with the Row Worlds on across the Outkick Network. Chad, my perception of Penn State going into a big game. Vastly different. 180 on the way I was going into the matchup against Ohio State compared to this one against Michigan. Despite all of the, all of the reason for distraction with the Wolverines, it's been everything but that. Yeah, they just could not do anything on offense. That, that, that's what keeps popping in my mind is, is Drew Aller really ready to do enough against this defense to win this game? I don't know. I don't think so. But a lot of the, uh, the NFL uh, scouts, general managers, I mean, they, they think he's a dude, you know? Like, when does that come to fruition? Well, look, it's there's very early, even with all the, the sign stealing scandal and everything else, Michigan's got the number one scoring defense in America and they put up 40 plus points in five straight. Yeah. Even after this news leaked. So their schedule has, has been really bad, but they have thoroughly dominated everyone so far. So I, I think Penn state against Maryland, Maryland does not have the best offensive line, but it's middle of the pack, big 10. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible. Penn State generated six sacks and 12 tackles for loss in that game. Can they duplicate that against J.J. McCarthy and at least speed him up offensively? I think that's a key in this one. Um, I just I can't trust Drew Aller to do what is necessary against this defense to win. And I think he's a talent. I think he's going to be really good by the time he's done at Penn State. I don't think Penn State is there yet. I, I don't I don't just because I haven't seen James Franklin win this game. Going in just going into a massive opportunity. What Chad, mention 
again, your thoughts on if Penn State wins, what it does for James Franklin and the perception of him as the head coach of the Nittany Lions. Because he's been the number three coach in the conference because he hasn't been battling with the top two. Well, this is it's going to be memorable for Penn State fans regardless. This is a chance to be memorable nationwide because this is the topic not just in college football but in all of sports yep. right now. And people are going to be watching to see if Jim Harbaugh gets humbled in all of this. Penn State has a chance to do that on Saturday in the big noon kickoff game on Fox, 11 a.m. Central Time. This is one that everyone's going to remember. This is not – Penn State fans are going to remember it if you beat Michigan regardless. Yes. This is one we will all remember, and that's the opportunity. I wish this game was at night in Happy Valley. It would be much more lit. That's a really old term. <laughs> well done. Um, but, by the way, I was reading a New York Times story today about all the things that the, new, the next generation of kids say, the words. I didn't know any of them. There were eight words they used that apparently are very popular. Didn't know what any of them meant, so that's why I use words like lit. Chad. But it would be more lit at night if this game was played at night, but we'll have to settle for noon. It's going to be one hut though that's memorable one way or the other. And on the flip side, if they lay an egg like they did against Ohio State at home and they lose 30-6 to in this game, let's say, guess what everyone's going to do? They're going to remember James Franklin and Penn State falling on their face again. And Michigan will turn around and release the numbers on, oh, so since we've, uh, we no longer have Connor Stallions, here's the point differential. Yeah. Screw They're also going to release a dossier on how Penn State shared Michigan signs <laughs> with, you know, Minnesota at right. some point or someone else. By the way, uh, you mentioned Gen X. Do you know the current generation is, um, it's now Alpha? That's it, yeah. So Generation Alpha is uh, the one that I saw. I need to find... They're going to turn around our uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna, I, Generation Alpha. One of these words I saw on, that I read, uh, track. Uh, it, was, it was a tweet from the New York Times about a story that was trying to catch people up to the times on Generation Alpha's terminology. And there was one, I'm like, I don't even know how to pronounce this the way it's spelled. I'm going to find it and read. Hutton's a lot more hip than I am. No. There, there's a chance maybe. Wrong. There's, Wrong. A, there's a chance maybe that you've uh, heard of some of these. Maybe Davey has also. If it's astrology, Davey's, Davey's watching. Davey's it. like 14 years younger than I am, and I don't think he's even, he's even heard of these words. Do you My f- God, the New York Times tweets a, or posts a lot on X. Are you, uh, or do you feel 14 years older than Davey? No, I do not. Uh, but I don't know how Davey feels. Oh, Tired. Well. I see how Davey moves around, and I definitely don't move around well, like I'm 14 a, years a, older than that Davey. That was a, a foot issue, though. Yeah, I had surgery two weeks ago. Actually, I got to go back to the doctor tomorrow. Well, even before you that, you lip in here, Chaz. Like, man, you, you even before you seem that, so even before that, you were kind of moving slow. So, I don't think it's just the foot. I, I just issue. take it, take it one step at a time, man. There's no reason to well get done. in a rush. Yeah, you're not a you're not a quick guy. I, would, I, I, would, hear, I do want to hear these words. Refer to you as quick. All right, ready, Davey? Yeah, let's. I go. found it. Davey's hip. Do you know what a giot is? G y a t. What about a rizzler? R I Z Z L E R. Yeah, he's get, like he or she. They got Riz, so they're a Rizzler. Riz is like you got game. Okay, so it's like someone with game. It's a player from back when we were kids, Hutton, right? P- Don't By the way, player, the for Generation Alpha, that's P L A Y A, player. That's a Rizzler. Okay, then I'm glad you know that. 
Do you know precisely if one pays a, quote, phantom tax? F-A-N-U-M tax. Never heard of it. No, I'm not familiar phantom with that Phantom is now phantom. Well, this is from the New York Times. Welcome to the language of Generation Alpha. The cohort coming right behind Gen Z that is bamboozling its elders with terms all their own. Phantom tax. F-A-N-U-M. Which makes me think of phantom tax. Is it a play on that? So Generation Alpha, the earliest was born 2010. So they're 14 years old, 13 years old. That's the oldest version of this, you're saying? Yeah, so they're, they're saying phantom Phantom Tax Urban Dictionary is looking elegant or majestic and sexy. <laughs> the the phantom phantomist man paying alive. a phantom tax is looking good when nude, looking classy in your birthday suit. Phantom the- meaning phantom, as I guessed. I just don't know how. Why can't we just say phantom? What was the first one I said to? The Rizzler? No, not the Rizzler. The, other, the one you didn't know. Oh, it was Jihad. a Jihad. I hear that. I think a Jihad. But Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's that. Uh, maybe it is. I mean, who knows what these kids are talking about today? Jihad. Uh, Jihad on TikTok is said to be an inside joke between guys. Wow. We would never refer. We're not going to make up a word that we can always. Uh, we already this have a amazing. word for. Giot is a shortened term. I don't know how this is shorter, but shortened term for GD, oh. spelled out, as in something guys would say when they see an attractive girl that they think is attractive. They say Giot. Ryan Leach is texting me. He says he, he seems to be up to date on that, a lot of these. That terms. will really uh, reel in the uh, the beautiful women right there. Do you think if we just started saying especially in middle school these, these words these all the time year olds. would this like push our algorithm younger if we just use these words all the time? <laughs> uh, we come in on a Monday and it's like Hutton, Giot, did you see that old Miss game winning field goal? Can we start with that? Yeah, that was is that going to help that was us? the Riz, Chad. Is that going to help our algorithm? Oh, it's not going to help my, you know, way, my I'm, mental I'm, health. I'm watching we're on a tangent now, so I'll just keep going. I'm watching the Republican debate last night on NBC. Yeah. And there were more talks of algorithms on that thing when I was watching than I've, I've ever heard. And it's so odd to me. Everyone, they were talking about TikTok algorithms the whole time yeah. and how they, we need to ban TikTok in America and what the algorithms are doing. And I'm thinking, what is this, what is this world we've created that we live in? There's, there's nothing real anymore. Nonsensical. Like, I'm, I'm, I am shocked we have food to eat. Like that there's someone on, on earth that well, does that goes into the ground and plants things and produces actual sustenance for people. Well, that's the vast majority of Americans. They actually, you know, are somewhere uh, in the common sense realm and not vastly left or right. In yeah. one way or the other, playing to, you know, the the one base instead of the, well, I'll say the, the majority. Chad's been losing a lot of money the listening people to I my know, betting algorithms. You can't, you can't get everyone uh, to agree on, uh, you know, the, oh, how many times have we played the farmer line? By the way, I grew up on a farm. Uh, that's the, always the go-to, right? Yeah. At some point, you got to go to TikTok and, you know, mention China. But the reason people are... The reason people are far right or far left is in large part because of algorithms. 
Well, that's what I'm, that's what I mean. You yeah, because look, into... the people I know that put stuff in the ground, they're really far right. Most of them that no. uh, that work with their hands. Well, uh, that that I know. And but that's... they're but they're also reacting to. And again, I'm, I'm speaking from experience and all yeah. all my friends in my hometown. They're also reacting to the algorithms that are being pushed to get everyone talking about this instead of that. No, I, I heard um, someone came uh, trick-or-treating around the neighborhood on Halloween. Brought to me a sports story that I just had to look at him. He said, did you hear about this, this, and this that happened? And I just looked at it and said, That's, that can't be right. I said, I've not heard that, and that sounds really far-fetched. And I just looked it up online. There was nothing online at any credible site about it. I'm thinking, you got had by someone pushing a completely fake story into your Facebook account. Like, this is what happened. And you, you got had by that. It, it's, it's sad, though. It is. And you look at it, too. You talk about it from the algorithm standpoint. A lot of times, you're just going to get within your own echo chamber, so you're not willing right. to listen to other points yeah. of view or other yeah, ideas. They, the, the app and company, they want you to come back to the app. Yeah, I want to get they back wanna, to they, using you know, the term. They want it. Uh, they want it to elicit emotion instead of logic. Know, uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. It, it people want emotion, though. not logic. You know what? I, I want to get back to the word branding, and not and worry more about that. That that was one that would maybe that's like an early aughts phrase about branding being on point. Uh, I, I'd love to to be more concerned with that than than algorithms. But I am watching that debate, and I, I will have to say, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. I think I pronounced that right. The fact that he takes his first question and just immediately attacks the people that are moderating the debate. Like I'm like, this is a this is a bold strategy. And I'm not talking about just like half measure taking a shot at something. I don't even know what the question was, but this dude went on there and said, We should not be on NBC right now. Like you should not be doing this. Joe Rogan should be doing it. Elon Musk should be moderating this. You are not qualified. None of you should be here. And I'm like, well, that's a way to start it with them. And I mean, they, they handled it. They were very calm. And I think Lester Holt was doing it. It's like, oh, yes. okay, well. Or and people were cheering. He's like, yeah, we're not going to respond to that. So next question, uh, how many ships exactly should you build in the Navy? <laughs> something, something along. Give me the exact number of ships that need to be built in the next 10 years. The answer is he responds to Giat. Yeah. And then he said, I think he actually said Giat just to get back in the algorithm. There is. He did say that he knows a lot more about the algorithm than the other candidates. I think that was one of his selling points. I think Donald Trump knows the algorithm pretty well. Well, someone around him does, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have... You his know, algorithm be, uh, was, let's not... The, uh, the, young, the youngest on stage to know it. His algorithm was, you know, don't go to this debate. <laughs> <laughs> what does the algorithm say? Go host something over here and then... Badmouth everyone yes. on, on social media that you're banned from. Were there any more words on that list, Chad, that we didn't get that to? That was it. I, okay. I, I, I'm not a New York Times subscriber, so uh, you knew one of the three, Davey, so congratulations. That was one Thanks. more than me and Hutton knew. I am a little bit sad you didn't know Giot, though. That seems like one you should have known. I, you Davey, said Ryan Leach is texting and he knows? Uh, he knows he the He uses Phantom. the word. Uh, by the way, uh, Chad is absolutely... The Phantom thing makes no sense to me. He but. says Phantom Tax is taking other people's food, reference of a person named Phantom in a popular YouTube group. Then he said, this is killing me, LMFAO. Chad, Chad is going to live this language, though, with yeah, his kids. Look, his I, kids are Generation Alpha. I, I've said it a lot of times. I'll do whatever. I'll be your clown. I'll be your hero. I'll be whatever's needed. If I have it. to use this language, Hutton, to survive in these modern times, I will gladly 
adapt this but you, language. But then you do you turn into cool dad or uncool dad whenever they get to the age of like stop talking like me, dad? Oh, I, you know I think I, mean? I think it's uh, just completely uncool even now. How often? Like, I think there's ever up, an era where up, I use these words. If and it's our cool. dad said "bruh," how would we have reacted in high school? Oh, uh, we would have. I would have hated it. Yeah, I, I would have. What's uh, up, bro? I would have demanded a hardship driver's license at 15, so I could drive myself to school. <laughs> How often? If my dad said that at 14, maybe. That, yeah, so don't, I wouldn't use Giot or or Riz. I don't so, see so anything. Quickly. Oh, okay, now I get it. Uh, I, I'm seeing the tax referring to something about food that someone's eating. But see, when I look up Phantom, that's weird. Urban Dictionary has a completely different meaning for it. Of I can't. It we can't even get. <laughs> Hutton, we can't even get consensus online with the Gen Alpha's damn vocabulary. Uh, There's different it, meanings you, for that even. But because the oldest is 13, that's why we can't get a consensus online. You have to go to Reddit for that, I guess. Maybe maybe it's a dark web thing now. Oh my I, can tell you, I can tell you right now, people our age aren't going to get it. If I were to say that looks sus, do you know what that means? We, we, yeah, suspect. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's, that's, that's easy. Yeah. Come on. I mean, give us some order. Throwing you a bone there. Urban Dictionary says phantom tax. The definition says, honestly, I have no bleeping clue what this means. So if someone could make a definition, that would be amazing. Well, someone asked their child. This is at UrbanDictionary.com. That's the definition. Ask your ask your son or daughter what this means, please, and let everyone else know. Well, my daughters are in Gen Alpha. That's what I just said. You're going to live this language. I'm going to ask her tonight. We you got a softball team banquet tonight. I'll ask all the girls. We preview Thursday night football and more next. Hot Mike with Henny with our rolls on. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine hosting the Outkick Studios here. Chad, um, so you've got Ryan Day and Greg Schiano denying reports that they were spoon-fed signals by Purdue. Um, meanwhile, Michigan has said, hey, uh, yeah, Connor Stallions is, is the guy, and it's just Connor Stallions, and uh, don't open up. Pandora's box if, uh, hey, Tony, uh, Big Ten shouldn't do this because how do you know that no one else has been doing this? And if you levy a harsh penalty, you're going to have to do that for everyone. Well, what's the, is there a penalty for Central Michigan at all? Is anyone going to just ask the question, how long does it take to find out why or how Connor Stallions is on your sideline in Central Michigan gear wearing Nike shoes for an Adidas program? I don't think there should be a big penalty for them if they cooperate with Big Ten and the but NCAA. Are, there's, and no in, there's no indication they are. They just they they kind of brush it off by saying, well, yeah, we're like, looking into finding the, out who this is. Who got him the pass? I mean, if, right. look, if he got it under false pretenses and said he was someone else and you know but came with his own... There's no way. Uh, he, He's carrying a clipboard. I know. Uh, He's talking to the offensive line coach. I yeah, know you know this. They, they know that too. Yes, but also, like, <laughs> if they were using him during the game to help because he had Michigan State's deal, that's a separate issue. But if it's his buddy that got it for him because he's on the staff or he's an analyst or whatever, I just – well, I don't care as much about the Central Michigan though. part as much as the principle of we have allowed their AD to say – Oh, that looks bad. We'll investigate it and then just go away. But even, and no one's asking them a thing. Even just a flippant pass is an excuse. And the reason for that is he had the same access that a sideline reporter would have, that a photographer would have, that a, a former player would have with a visitor sideline pass uh, in East Lansing. 
The difference is he's decked out in Central Michigan gear, team-issued gear that the yeah. other staff's wearing. So uh, that's, that's why you have to look into it if you truly don't know. But if you know, you just say you're looking into it and you'd never respond to anything. But I don't know if, uh, to my knowledge, I mean, I haven't seen anything where they're being peppered with questions about it. It's just kind of like, yeah, it was him. He's wearing sunglasses. Check out the bleep. The, I just the hate line. how I just hate how there's no uh, there's no urgency when something big happens. Like Central Michigan is never in the national spotlight. Never. Like when was the last time they were had a national story? This was a national story, and they saw it. And their AD, she said, "Yeah, we're, we're going to investigate it immediately." Jim McElwain answered one question about it after a Maction game on a Tuesday night or Wednesday or whenever. Yeah. Who has connection and, to Michigan? And now they're just allowed to, okay, well. I, I know. No one's going to ask a question. No one's going to, hey, can I get a follow-up on that? Like, who covers Central Michigan? Who's sending the, something to a, someone in the athletic department saying, can you give us an update on who that was? Like, well, someone's got to be dogged on this stuff. Then keep asking the question. I, I think. I don't know. It's it's very odd. The the last time they were in the, like the true national spotlight would have been Corey Davis as a top what five pick in the NFL draft. Is that right? The yeah. wide receiver. That's yeah. the last time. Yeah. But um, also, we still weren't talking about Central Michigan then. Right. Oh, no, I, I agree. No, no, no. Western Western Michigan. Michigan. No, yeah, you're yeah. Right. So that was yeah. Uh, that was PJ Fleck. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Chad the. Uh, the flip side of it is, why is no one digging? Well, this is your typical, by, by and large, there are some great reporting uh, and great reporters. By and large, state to state in the college football realm, you don't have a lot of people digging on anything, right? Michigan, the state of Michigan and the reporting there on what is going on with in, in Ann Arbor is no different than what would go on in Athens or in Tuscaloosa, by and large. Right, where you don't have the allegations, the video evidence. No one's going to. If this were UAB in Alabama, would it be treated the same way? Central Michigan and Michigan, uh, where you have an Alabama staffer on the sideline at UAB. And I would just, gear. I would just like to get to a place. I where... I think it would be. I think that because you don't want to, you're not trying to hurt your standing with whatever you're doing. I would just like to get to a place where if you are in charge of an athletic department or a football program, you feel some urgency when something like that happens just to come out and say what happened. Like, just say it. Like, someone on that staff gave him the pass, okay? We have suspended this person. We're further evaluating it. Or he filed for it under false pretense. Say whatever you want other than... Uh, guys, we don't know. We're going to investigate who this is in this photo. Yet everyone knows it's him. Well, so but and, no one right. says it officially. And, and the other if thing I have too, one more reporter on here that says we think that's con, no, it's Connor Stallions. You know why I know that? Because no one says it's not Connor Stallions. If it wasn't, how easy would it be for the Central Michigan AD to say, "Hey, that's our buddy Bo that actually comes to the game sometimes." Yeah. Of course, it's Connor Stallions. Just say it. It's, it's just weird to me that people don't get a, a, ahead of anything anymore. That's our buddy Bo who's wearing sunglasses and just happens to have uh, the, the video on the, on the glasses. Yeah, he's got some eyesight problems. Yeah, so that's issues. just a, it's like an infrared thing that helps him see the game. At night. Come on. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is it's from the Big Ten 
perspective, they care about what was going on on the opposite sideline for Michigan State, right? It's about how the the competitive advantage or the perceived competitive advantage of what a potential staffer at Michigan was doing on the Central Michigan sideline in order to gain some advantage against one of their member institutions. That that would be the reason to look into it from the Big Ten perspective. NCAA perspective, now you're looking into Central Michigan. That's the difference. I don't, I don't know if the Big Ten's digging on why Central Michigan did anything. The NCAA should be doing that. Yeah, Ali says... We'll find out in four the, years. At the end of the day, it's very... It's every team for themselves. I'm sure internally they're figuring it out. But you'd be crazy to participate in this media blank storm cycle. Uh, well, I, I, I get that, but again... They're participating in what's being alleged, though. Yeah, they released a statement. They did respond to the media bleep storm cycle and said, yeah, we're going to investigate this. Well, this was, what, a week and a half? Two, uh, two I feel like ago. this has been going on for a month. It was probably like eight days ago. Just say what it is. Like I don't it understand. Was, it was the previous weekend So because they, they played on Tuesday night. That's why McElwain yeah, addressed it. This is not, to me, this is not a Central Michigan issue. I don't care about Central Michigan's piece in this. What I care about and what the Big Ten and the NCAA cares about is what is the extent of Connor Stallion's misdeeds? Central Michigan is a key player in this to find out what it was. How did he get the pass? What exactly was he doing? You're the AD. You can figure this out quickly and then release a statement or do an interview or do something. Don't just go silent. The, the issue I have is not either silent or I don't know who that is. But Jim McElwain said. You've got Harbaugh saying, I, I knew nothing about this. And then it's just kind of, you know, well, they didn't know. Can't prove it. And that's what everyone's saying. That's what Ohio State and Rutgers are saying. You know, they're just like, no, we didn't participate. Try and prove it. Michigan will, by the way. I would love for someone to post the Michigan letter to the Big Ten. I want to know what the evidence is well, on Ohio State and Rutgers that they have. That Ohio State is adamantly saying, Ryan Day is, no, I've checked with compliance people. I've talked to staff. We didn't do it. So what do they have against Ohio State that Ohio State saying is false? And what else are they claiming? Yeah, and, and they're even going to the, they're pointing out point spreads and point differential before and after. Yeah. And, and even pointing to the conference. It's just... Uh, some of the stuff they're saying is just ridiculous. Well, it's also it's funny to me. You know, Jake is uh, in our YouTube chat. It's a big Michigan guy, and he keeps saying, you know, maybe someone from Central Michigan made a deal for some vacuums in return for in-game <laughs> That's scouting. Um, That's good. Maybe with but Lake this Forum, is, though. But I want to I want to point this out because <laughs> I get it. But the, what you're doing here is trying to make Connor Stallions a crazy person. That was a rogue one-man band. Okay. Your head coach hired him. He's the head of the football program. And he's so good. He's in he Central met Michigan with here. him. He hired him. There's text messages talking about meeting with the head coach before he got hired. Okay, so let's not just make this a, oh, Connor Stiles is a nut. And Blake Corum probably signed on to something maybe he didn't know about, is my guess, on this LLC. I want to know what else is going on there. So, yes, that's funny, but let's not act like this is just one crazy guy. Ward Manuel in the letter, just a brief snippet here, uh, wrote and, and fired a warning shot to the, the Big Ten. The conference should act cautiously.
when setting precedent given the reality that in-person scouting, collusion among opponents, and other questionable practices may well be far more prevalent than believed. That's part of it. Chad, um, tonight, Thursday night football. Is it officially, is the weekend officially here given the fact it's Carolina, Chicago on Thursday night football? I mean, look, the weekend's here no matter what. It's football season. Okay. I advise everyone to celebrate however they wish. And if your celebration features paying attention to every second of this awful NFL game tonight, that Al Michaels, by the way, with his tone, what, will tell you even more about if, how awful this game is. What if all of a sudden is, he's the opposite? Then he's have all of a sudden it. just treating it like the Super Bowl. I think it would be funny if he just went over the top and yeah. was sarcastic about it. What a five-yard run. I have never seen quarterback play in the NFL <laughs> in my 60 years of broadcasting the way I've seen it tonight. How long has Al Michaels been at it? It's got to be close to 60, I right? Mean, I mean, he started right out of Arizona State, 22. How old is that guy? He's is 78. He, okay, so yeah, 50. And he's coming back next year. He's making a million dollars a game, roughly. 56 years? He's been around? Oh, he's my favorite. He says he started in 1964. There you go. Well done, Joe. So, 60 this coming year. Be 60 this year. In my 60 years of broadcasting, I've never seen a quarterback like Tyson Bajan. This is the best quarterback I've ever covered. Davey, what's the over-under for tonight? Do you know? We're sitting at 38. Take the under. Take the under. Uh, Bears, by the way, they have their own first-round pick next year. They also have Carolinas. So either way, they're winning because Carolina's going to hurt themselves or help themselves. But by helping themselves, they'll hurt Chicago's chances of helping themselves, if that makes sense. Either way, they're going to move up in the draft order. Uh, which is great. They're they're two and seven. Carolina one and seven. I by the way, I would I'm taking Bryce Young, um, just because we've seen recent play from him that I'll ride from the perspective of they're playing Chicago. Um, I had not seen this, but Dan Wetzel has posted the entire letter from from Michigan. Well, and he's got snip of the what I was getting from it's Ward Manuel was that yeah, it's long, yeah, um, which we can dive into. But he, again, it's uh. It sounds like they're going to wait potentially till next week. That's the other report that's out there, the Big Ten in response. Well, maybe that two-game uh, suspension will happen starting next week. Time for uh, NFL Eliminator. Uh, I was fortunate enough this week to have the, the number one pick in Week 10. And uh, I'm taking the Cowboys over the Giants, Davey. And, Smart. Uh, and, uh, 16 and a half points. Yeah, and you, you had the second pick or Chad did? Chad did. Chad, I took Dallas off the board. You went Seattle. I feel like I made a mistake earlier this year by picking against the Commanders in one of the games. Okay. But you know what? I'm going to do it again. Uh, Seahawks. Seattle does what Commanders. New England couldn't do, is what you're saying. Was that it? Did I pick New I don't think I picked New England. Well, not in the last week. I'm saying early in the year, I picked someone to beat the Commanders, and the Commanders upset them, I think. Give me the Seahawks at home to beat the Commanders. I'm going to take the Bills. I know they've not been playing well as of late, but if I'm looking at this game, I know Denver's coming off a bye, but if the Bills lose, they're 500. This Bills team is too talented to just be 500. So I agree. I am confident that Josh Allen and company will be able to get it done at home. At what point do we sell on the Bills? Because I keep buying into, they should be better than this. They're better than this. And they continue to uh, prove me wrong on that. They're not better than that. But... Denver's not the team to go on the road and win, are they? They're three and five. No, they're not. There's your answer. I mean, they're at least healthy. That's the one thing they got going for hey, them. Hey, right Buffalo, now. by the way, they've got um they have 
Denver and then the Jets, they need two wins here because they follow that up with trips to Kansas City and Philadelphia mm. over that four-game stretch. So they need the two wins. And those two games against the Jets and the Broncos are over a five-day or six-day stretch. Back at it tomorrow. Join us for the Friday edition, 3 o'clock Eastern, right here on OutKick.